So, hello everybody. Welcome to Sliding Doors. I'm Sushil, and on the other screen is Rohan. Welcome to this episode. To everybody who's listening to us from around the world, from USA, Turkey, Australia, all over the place, welcome. And if you've not、We、listened to us before, we literally have listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for listening to us. And if you haven't subscribed as yet, please do that now. Today we're going to be talking about an interesting topic, something that Rohan has taken to heart for many years, and that is minimalism. Let's get going, Rohan. Yes, let's get going. What? Let me ask you.、Okay. What is minimalism? It means、um, paring down the stuff that you have,、uh, getting down to the basics. That's what I absolutely. That's what I hear、um, most people talk about. Is that all it is? That is a part of it, but there's actually way more to it than that.、Um, uh-huh. And I think the best way to Get to that is to perhaps share my minimalism story. So、okay. give me like five minutes, and I will condense it. So about ten to fifteen years ago, we I、uh, I came. You in fact put me in touch with Leo Babauta Zen Habits. Do you okay. Remember? And、um, they, he was talking about decluttering. That's the term he used. Okay. And I remember there was a visceral reaction to the idea of having a clear desk. It was just it just made me feel good. An empty desk, well organized. Okay.、So、this may be the OCD traits in me coming out, but I felt better. So I started with this decluttering, and then I got、uh, sort of obsessed with getting rid of stuff.、Um, and the, the、uh, this came Marie Kondo's "The Life Changing Magic of Tidying Up," which has now become a cult classic. Okay.、Uh, she is a Japanese lady who came up with. I think this is part of Japanese culture. She's just packaged it for the West.、Uh, okay. I'm not sure on that, but she's come up with this system to tidy up, as she called it. So、uh, I was now coming at decluttering from Leo, tidying up from Marie Kondo. Then the minimalism had started coming into the、uh, lexicon around that time. Became very popular. And、so this was around what two thousand five, two thousand six? No, later than that. Uh, two thousand, yeah, later than that. Two thousand eight to, in fact, Kondo was relatively recently. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but but just the concept as it as it sort of solidified in my head. These three, uh, uh, the Leobabauta, Marie Kondo, and the minimalism blogs、uh, that I came across online, and like you said, I engaged with it as a way of getting rid of stuff, and it. Appealed to me, as I said, viscerally at an emotional level, as a sort of way of lightening my load. Now, this is all—I know it can sound quite woo-woo because I can't give you numbers and facts, but it just felt good to get rid of stuff. And so then I pursued that aggressively. I—I kind of remember uh, something. Uh, you were giving away books or something? Was that you or someone else? Yes, egg, me, me, me.、Yeah. So I, Marie Kondo suggests she she takes you through. Um, how to get rid of possessions? Because so, the thing is, when you start getting rid of stuff, you realize that there's an emotional attachment to these things. Yeah. For example, if you're into fashion, your clothes—it's a big deal to get rid of some clothes. Right. 
So Marie takes you through a non-threatening process. So you start with books. Okay. Now, if you are a book lover, this may be a problem. But for most of us who like books, they're relatively easy to get rid of. And the and the idea, Marie talks about this concept of joy spark. So if you connect with the with the object, if it if it lightens joy spark in you, keep it. If not, get rid of it. Joy spark. I couldn't relate. That's a nice yes, term. Yes, okay. joy spark. I couldn't relate to joy spark. I just looked at have I used this. in the last year or not okay and then i realized that most of my books i had read just once okay and so there was a ha- and i had no intention of coming back to them so there's just a handful of books that i would read again so then i got rid of all the books that i knew i would never read again and then i worked my way to clothes then furniture i had this whole sofa set in my flat and i never had people over and i never sat on the whole set i just had one armchair that i used Okay. So like that I started getting rid of stuff. In that process though, I think everyone's journey will start with uh getting rid of things. And for example, my dream mm-hmm. because I had embraced this hardcore was to condense my whole life, my possessions into a backpack. One backpack living was my goal. So I was counting. What was the purpose? Can I have just just felt good? you okay. feel light you feel mobile you feel you're not tied down by things it was this this dream this idea um but i think that many quote unquote minimalists uh do that they overcompensate and try mm-hmm. and get rid of everything mm-hmm. that's when i realized sorry no no ahead. no go ahead so we'll that's when i realized that there's something more to minimalism than just getting rid of stuff um and I, i can give you a concrete example i went to a friend's house mm-hmm. and he had this wall to wall shelf of books and i was asking him because i was exploring i was asking him how often do you read these books no minimalism lecture just gathering data right and he was saying that he he reads many of them okay. but obviously not all of them sure but what that bookshelf represents to him is the hub of a community mm. so a community of book lovers in his neighborhood would come by borrow the books chat with him have a pleasant evening take the books and go and return so that's when i realized that it's not about getting rid of stuff it's about getting rid of what's not important to make place for what's important right so to tell this friend of mine get rid of books is ridiculous you should have only 3 books no that's an artificial number so talking to him i realized the heart of minimalism isn't about getting rid of stuff it's like i said making place for what matters right and i i like this mood board or mind board that you have in the back it says declutter quiet mindful yes yes Other yes you can like see that. it this is huge it calms me down okay <laughs> um and and so why less to pay uh, so that you can make attention pay attention a simple uh, example would be just your belongings in your house to so say you have uh so it's, it's a way to focus focus yes. your energy on the stuff that matters is is that how you yes. see it exactly okay. and the energy part is that everything we have takes maintenance 
Yes. It may not take much time to maintain. So that's why I went to objects because that's the easiest way of understanding. Mm-hmm. So if you have, say, a laptop, a PC, a scanner, a scanner come printer, and then a washing machine, a dishwasher, like you can name all these appliances. Mm-hmm. All of them are useful in their own way. But every new appliance means servicing, breakdowns, see your printer refilling the ink. So it's not about what you should and shouldn't have. It's about how much energy and time do you have for the things that you've decided are important. And money. So if you're a high... Scheduling stuff. Uh, Yeah, I can see how it would all add up. Yeah, absolutely. So when you get into it, it's not really you have to have just five items of clothing to be Mm -hmm. a minimalist. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't call myself a minimalist. I call myself a fan of minimalism. Okay. So that's, that's where I came into it. Uh, and, and so it was initially this journey of getting rid of stuff. It was an emotional thing. But now I've had time to settle into it. I see it as, as, as a much less rigid, you have to do this thing. Because the funniest thing is one guy who was a minimalist got married. Mm-hmm. And his wife joked, saying that minimalism is just another word for being a bachelor. Uh, so... He had one spoon. There might be some and one to fork. That. Yeah, yeah. Quite possible. <laughs> I would say though that it you minimalism's minimalism changes when you yes. have a partner. Absolutely. So he had one spoon and one fork because he never had guests over, and that made sense. But she had guests over all the time, so that didn't make sense for her. Right. It's an artificial thing. So then they got a whole dinner set. And now he's uh, sheepishly telling the camera because he's recorded multiple videos talking about how few possessions he has. <laughs> and now he has to sheepishly tell his fans, listen, I've now got a whole dinner set. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Well, you have to adapt. Yes. You're married. Have you had to do any of this uh, adapting? Not me. My wife has actually adapted more than I have. She's been really? nice about it. Yeah, but no, no. Um, yeah, um, I I do have to make space. I have to make accommodation for her for her preferences. Um, otherwise, you know, things aren't going to work out. Right. In fact, and then we can segue into. So it's easy to understand minimalism when it comes to things. Yeah. Because you think of getting rid, paring down. Then you can start making it more abstract. And I think we can relate because we just recently had this conversation about the number of projects we're taking on every week. And this podcast, the number of different options we have, audio, video, audio plus video, live stream. So true, true. If if you were to apply this to that, now that's a nice what do you to think we'd it. get, man? Yeah, w- what would you think we could do? I think we would probably settle with an audio podcast. But then mm. there's more that we want to do with it, right? Not yes. just that. We also want to explore the marketing aspect and all of that. Reach out, reach out to people on Instagram, and that's a visual medium. Yeah. So we need to find a balance. Yes. So. so I think the other way of approaching this is minimalism seems to be all about, initially, all about saying no. Say no to extra responsibilities. Say no to extra products. So what's but the origin, the, do you think? Is it like huh? the minimalism, the idea of minimalism? Is it like mm. religious, like get away from all your earthly, worldly possessions and 
something like that and it's evolved yes, from I'm that sure. into a civilian kind of form i don't know if it evolved from that but you can definitely see this motif of minimalism and having less and having fewer possessions across many uh, religions throughout. yes yes but to come back to my point i think this this two ways of living life yes say yes to everything to embrace opportunity and say no to everything to reduce stress it occurs to me that we start off by saying no to everything in this journey of minimalism cut down the number of things we have um but as you journey through it you realize again it's not about saying no it's about strategically saying no and yes depending yeah. on your principles and and so this is where i went into the you know the, the thought that um it might be an ascetic kind of uh thought process say no yes but then here yes. we are doing it a little more strategically yes we're writing the imbalance and i think for example with work both with work with furniture it's actually a form of self expression because when you have taken time to choose the possessions you have Uh, the the tasks you accomplish during the day you've really pared it down to what you think is is uh, ideal so for example tim ferris's or was it um, you know was it tim ferris it was getting things done uh, i'll come back to him anyway so he talks about having your mits the most mm-hmm. important tasks three okay. most important tasks every day to help you focus so the clothes you choose the furniture you have the friends you hang out with the ta- uh, your to do list if you put in time to choose these things consciously mm-hmm. it's actually a reflection of who you are and your priorities mm-hmm. so it's really weird that it is in a way a form of self expression i can see that uh, yeah and so applying this to life is where the fun begins because now you are forced to think about what you want and what you don't want so tell me um, a little bit I- about what you have the choices that you have made consciously like this to not just in your physical um possessions but as you're saying now how have you applied it to your life right for me it was just about it was actually quite simple have i used this used or done this thing in the last year yeah. if not it goes it okay. goes uh, but a simple example would be i used to have a pc mm-hmm. and a laptop uh-huh and a printer right and i remember thinking it was cool because of you know balance of i mean you have options yeah but then i stopped myself and asked how many how much how much how many times have i used these options mm-hmm. so i have this printer in next to me that i have to keep filling with ink toner and getting it uh service and i've used it maybe twice in the last year just before going to meet a client i needed a printout and nowadays we don't even take printouts when we go to meet clients so mm-hmm. i asked myself okay if you were in an office and this was something you did all the time then sure it makes sense to have the printer but with me there's a printing shop just down the road i can go there if i wanted but just two times a year right so these are very intensely personal choices so for me to say social you need to get rid of your laptop otherwise or your your uh, printer otherwise you are uh, you know living a wasteful life that would be silly so this uh, even with work the number of projects i take on i could say yes to 10 different projects and somehow manage to juggle them but then i don't give my best to any one of those projects so this is common sense 
many people do this without understanding minimalism but yeah. i think it's important to see the connection uh, to see how it's more than just things you have also applied this to other aspects of your life not just work and possessions i think you've also looked at it in terms of the activities that you spend time on right uh, where yes. you spend time yes. yeah activities and this actually uh, links to something you call environment design mm-hmm. so the idea environment is design that in, that is in for yourself habit formation yes oh, okay. for habit formation okay so what you have in your environment and this i picked up from james clear mm-hmm. in his book atomic habits where he explores this concept although mm-hmm. habits have been explored even by leo babauta mm-hmm. the idea is that what you see what is easy to access is what you do right and so if you for example when you come home from work you want to read if the first thing you do when you come in is to see your large screen tv and a couch you're going to plonk yourself down under the couch and watch that tv sure so one solution doesn't have to be yours would be to move the tv into another room and put the couch in that room and bring out a reading chair if you if you are fancy or just a regular chair if you're not and uh, put your bookshelf as soon as you come in uh, visible as soon as you come in if you want to jog if you want to start exercising when you get up in the morning the first thing you see next to your bed should be your shoes and your track suit or whatever you're going to be wearing so james clear talks about uh cutting down the barriers between you and your trigger for a good mm-hmm. habit mm-hmm. and adding more barriers between you and your trigger for a ba- for a bad habit you want to get rid of makes sense so once i started looking at environment design and the importance of habit formation mm-hmm. minimalism tied it because the more things you have in your room the more distracted you're going to get right the fewer things you have the more you'll focus on what you have So when I started cutting down things and then choosing what I wanted in my room mm-hmm. I was unwittingly at the time designing my environment which right. then in turn affected my habits um and this whole importance of habits versus goals is something we could uh, in fact cover in a different podcast sure um but but before we before we wind up for today I I thought I should share a related concept um of the difference between minimalism and frugalism that's I'm interesting not sure so yes all right so i see i i probably see where you're going with this but okay go ahead what's the difference i'm my mother saves every single thing she can find okay she's a hoarder and okay. if you ask her why it is because she always finds another use for whatever she saves so if there's a shoe box she won't throw it away it'll be in her room and then if there is a broken lamp she'll keep it and repurpose it into a gift and i keep making fun of her saying what's the point in keeping all these things like if you haven't used it in a year when are you going to use it and then 10 years from now she'll say see because i kept this i have something i was like if you hadn't kept this something else would have been there for you to use but that's what it, it it struck a chord in me because i realized that for her a cluttered room doesn't matter mm-hmm. wasting money and resources when you don't need to is a problem right 
And then I realized that when I Googled minimalist furniture or interiors, you see these real, it's a very specific art style. So sort of Japanese, there's a term for that. Uh, uh, it's a Jap mix between Japanese and um, some other style. Anyway, and so you see really fancy, elegant furniture that's going to cost a bomb, uh, arranged in a very elegant sort of way. There is a look that comes with minimalism. A lot of chrome, mm -hmm. shiny chrome. All of this costs money. Right. And that's when I realized the asceticism you, you talked about is not how minimalism is usually embraced now. Right. Now, it's not about, we've separated spending less and having less. Mm -hmm. So you, the minimalist will be a high-powered banker who's spent uh, millions or crores, depending on which country you're in, right. to set up this perfect house where with just a few things, but then the, the bed rises up above the floor and the television comes out of its cabinet. Really cool stuff that costs a lot. Right. And so it's interesting to sort of see this, this differentiation. Um, I'm sure you've also come across it in the tiny house movement. Have you, have. Have you come across this I movement have. before? Yeah. There's some beautiful so you houses see, there. Yes. All pared down to, to very minimal these. stuff. Yeah. Very minimal stuff. And you see very frugal stuff yeah. as well as very... Um, very posh. Uh, you know. Uh, very uh, yeah. uh, comfortable because houses, even though minimal. Yeah. Their tabletops, or rather their, their kitchen tabletops, will be made of... Uh, really expensive material because there's just very little of it. So yes. uh, I actually, I forgot, I wanted to ask you minimalism and uh, budgeting. Uh -huh. What are your thoughts on that? Because you've done a bit of research and investing and uh, money management, right? Can you see an application? Definitely. Um, minimalism in terms of, again, bringing down your monthly expenses, just to what you need, you know, like paring away the stuff, the unnecessary stuff, taking it away so that, right. uh, you know, subscriptions that we add on that we don't really realize are being, um, you know, paid for automatically. Right. Uh, I see that minimalism would definitely help in that and help to cut out unnecessary expenditure. Just keep it to the basic needs and not really um, uh, actually it's very interesting that way to stay mindful of your expenses if you have minimalism as something that's in the core of your thinking then you're automatically going to be mindful of your expenses and definitely I, I see it being very useful as a way to manage money right yeah, I, and I think we keep coming back to this. Uh, minimalism is about attention. Yeah. What you choose to direct attention to. Um, and I think that's one takeaway. So what do you, how do you think we can challenge our listeners if they have been uh, moved to, to experiment with minimalism? How could they engage? I would say, this is something you brought up earlier. Um, everybody knows about the 80-20 principle. So what's the 20% Wait, in your Let's life? just explain in case, in case someone hasn't heard about it. 
Uh, when do you Wilfredo do that? Wilfredo Pareto. Yeah, Wilfredo Pareto. I don't know how to pronounce it. Was an Italian economist, and he was looking at. Okay, don't quote me on this, but basically, he's looking at uh, the, the the land owners, how how rich they were, versus the amount of land they own. And he found out that something like twenty percent of the land owners uh, owned eighty percent of the land. And he then started realizing that this twenty eighty or eighty twenty principle was everywhere. So the question, I guess, we're asking. Oh, incidentally, now that 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 uh, Wilfredo's uh, ratio has been uh, has been skewed even further. Now it's something like five percent of the richest people own ninety five percent, or maybe even one percent own ninety nine percent. Um, but for convenience, Sushil, eighty. So, what twenty percent of effort can get us eighty percent of the uh, of the benefit? Yeah, of the benefit. That is helping you to focus better by focusing on that twenty percent. What twenty percent of your life is going to help you the most? Um, I think you're the right person to expand on that. Because what yeah, kind I of things should people look at? So I think a good okay depends on how much time you want to invest in this. Yeah. If you just want to play around with it, just declutter your desk. Just look at what's on your desk. How much of it do you need? How much of it do you not need? Even if you don't necessarily feel. Do they have to really think relief? about anything? Like, should they yes. look at? Yes. Keeping things on their desk, specific things on their desk. Absolutely. From your experience. So take a look at your desk and see how much of the stuff on it you've used recently. Like for example, if there's a stapler on your desk, highly unlikely nowadays, but just say if there's a stapler on your desk, does it need to be on your desk, or it can be, or does it need to be in your drawer, or do you need a stapler? I have a like punch on my desk. Just play with these ideas. Oh yeah. So you ask yourself the question I've about. I've not punched punch. paper <laughs> for months, maybe years, <laughs> but it's on my desk. It's a nice green one, so yeah. I like it. Yeah. So an, an easy way of, of you can ease but into yeah, that, this by just that would be better hidden away and uh, would help me focus on what's focus over on there. what's left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so you could do that with your desk. You could do it with your room. Just tidy up your room and just playfully ask, "What of these things? What do I need?" Now I'm not saying get rid of furniture, as we've reiterated. Um, Throughout this whole uh, podcast, don't get rid of everything. Just ask yourself, what are you using, or what is there because you find it beautiful, not what's there because it was just there when I came. I think you had that term. Uh, what's that? Joy spark, spark joy, something like that. Uh, yeah. What is spark joy? Joy spark, whatever you One want. One of the two. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's something that would really uh, help people focus, right? So if you that's so this is the first step. If you want to go a little deeper, uh -huh. I'd really suggest you read Marie Kondo's book, The Life Changing Magic of Tidying Up, and it's available uh, quite easily. You can get the audio book as well. We'll have a She link will, in the show notes. Absolutely, she'll take you through the whole process very methodically, and uh, it's actually quite relaxing. Uh, I used to listen to it to go to sleep. Just the her description. The audiobook, mm -hmm. just a description of putting things away and folding. For example, folding clothes. She teaches you uh, the Japanese way of folding clothes so that uh, they take up as little space as possible. But for example, your T-shirts are all lined up vertically, so that they're about this, this tall, and this wide, all lined up like this. So 
when you're looking down at it, you can see all the colors. Slide it out. You just lift them up or slide it out, whichever way. It can be up or out. Wow. Uh, I've got to learn. So these this. little hacks. Yes. And the way she folds it, it is a one twist. It's like magic. She literally right. will I can do it now. She's taught me. You you hold it here, you hold it here, you twist and it's folded. I you can see I've this on YouTube. That. I think I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. So Marie Kondo's we'll um Yes. So Marie Kondo's book is amazing. And then to hear two pros, there is the minimalist blog. You just look for the minimalist. These these two guys who are very well off, very rich, decided to become minimalists and have done a great job of talking about minimalism and exploring it. They have a podcast, they have uh, their own website. I think they have a documentary. We can link to that as well. So Rohan, would um, you have um, a selection of your favorite minimalist resources for our watchers and listeners in the show notes, please? Yes, can do, can do. I will list all these things. That would help and, so much. And uh, if you want to have a nice long conversation about minimalist, minimalism and your experiences, please do uh, engage with us uh, in, our, in the comments below. And uh, where else, Sushil? Where else can they uh, share that? We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Um, I'm Sushil underscore C and Sushil02. Sushil underscore C on Twitter, sorry, and Sushil02 on Instagram. Rohan is on Instagram. He's is, the guy to listen to for minimalism. He's been doing it for something like 12 to 15 years. What's yeah, your Instagram? Rohan tries thinking. <laughs> um, I, I decided that I, I realized that I think just two or three times a year. And so <laughs> um, I decided to try thinking more and Instagram is my outlet. So yeah, you can find me there. Rohan tries thinking on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us, for listening, and for those of you on YouTube, for watching us. Hopefully we've contributed something to you. And if you found it interesting, join us more often, subscribe, follow us on Instagram. We have... Uh, sliding doors podcast on instagram and on twitter and on facebook join us on any one of those platforms and we will see you soon